welcome to Team Up with Beata. I'm Beata Padua, and I'm very excited that you are here. This is a podcast about the teams of the future and the right ingredients for that pivot. This podcast will make you believe in teamwork again. Woohoo! Today, I have a special guest for you. I hope you're as excited as I am to welcome Dominika Boa, who is a pro Kanban professional trainer and PM Institute certified agile practitioner with a focus centered on continuous improvement, lean change management and training for large distributed product development. In addition to her work at SAP and previously at Oracle NetSuite as an agile coach, where she was also a member of the Oracle Women's Leadership Organization. She worked for Red Hat, famous for their open source technologies. And she wrote and spoke at variety of topics, especially focused on her real world experiences applying agile as a methodology. She's now a mentor at Women in Agile community. I've learned so much from her and I hope you will too. Allow me to welcome Dominika Boa. Please enjoy. Dominika, welcome to Team Up Podcast. At first, I thought we start with uh, talking about your journey and all the wonderful things that you did. But it turns out, as we talked before the podcast, we do share a love of mugs, mug hoarding. Yes. So exactly, you yeah. brought today a, a mug with you. And what is this mug and what does it mean and why? 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 <laughs> why does it have ducks on it? Well, the cup is a very specific and important part of every day. It powers you to wake up in the morning and then it makes you go through the day. But why has a special message, you know, to ground you. Don't be a duck. <laughs> and, you know, this is to self-validate. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, a retrospective of how am I doing and is this the way I want to show up to people? So that's my personal reminder. Don't be at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're ducking with me? <laughs> um, and it is related to uh, what you the rubber duck method, right? Uh, yes, what is the yeah. rubber duck method? Can you tell us? Well, you have your special favorite ducky. And here are in Brnoczek Republic at the University of the Computer Studies. They do have a whole a box of the rubber ducks that, you know, basically symbolize a ducks, which students use to review the problems and analyze the problems and just talk back about the problem out loud. And but really helps you define the scope and possibly find a better solution if you just get it out of your head and hear yourself out. So before you share it with the wider world is to just to try speaking about, you know, what is that I'm trying to solve and how I want to go around this. Brilliant. We all kind of need a rubber ducky here and there to talk to, right? I sometimes draw it on a post-it and it looks like a funny guy with the spiky hair. <laughs> But it is a duck, I promise. <laughs> Great. So we will talk today about so many wonderful topics from one in particular that I invited you to explore with me, which is the mentoring and how to be, how to be mentored, how to become a mentor, how to find a mentor and all these things. But I'm, your journey, it's 
it's one to to share with the world. I would really love for you to share with our listeners and tell us how did you find yourself in Brno out of all the places in the world? You know, so this will be anniversary speech because that's my 11th year here. So let's speak to past 10 years what happened and how did I get here? I didn't have an awareness that Brno is a city that is worth visiting when I was living in Poland. <clears throat> I studied in Krakow. And I went on Erasmus to Graz, so I was passing Czech Republic on the way to skiing adventures and all, everything else that Erasmus involves. And uh, on my last uh, year of studies, I applied for the internship, also in a German-speaking country. This time, it was uh, the internship was set in Berlin, and I worked there for the Institute of the Cultural Diplomacy. Um, and toward, uh, throughout this internship, I was thinking, do I want to go towards the cultural diplomacy? Do I want to work as a diplomat? Had multiple panel discussions in Bundestag, talking mainly about the financial crisis, the youth unemployment, where we can find jobs as a new generation, and where can we contribute the best. And through these retrospectives, I decided to go different direction and try working in tech. So during my studies, I already worked in the call center doing a technical customer support for the satellite company. So there are very many interesting stories there, but I don't want to go too far into <laughs> that. And you know, ha having that experience, when I applied in Berlin for the technical customer support job, they actually sent me to for the interview in Czech Republic, in Brno, because they had the open positions at that time. And uh, I went on overnight train from Berlin to Brno just for a job interview. And I was like, oh, this is interesting experience. Let's see where that takes me. I can always work abroad for a year or so. And then I'll come back uh, to Poland or see what else can I do starting from there. Because, you know, you need to know that Brno is kind of like strategically located. It's just one hour down to Vienna, south. It's very close to Bratislava. One hour, you can easily connect to Budapest by train, but if not Prague, if not Dresden, everything is possible, right? So that was my thinking at that time. And as I said, I got a job in the customer service and those technical support for the Acer as product. And from there, I moved to work as a marketing quality vacation as somebody who's qualifying my marketing leads for a different company. So I was helping upsell the mesh networks uh, at the big airports in EMEA and also in Turkey. And I realized, you know, that at some point as we grow in what we do on the daily basis, I started questioning myself, is the customer support everything I can do or technical support? Is my uh, personality defined how well I can respond to the customer claims or upsell the products or resolve the problems. Is this something that I want to do only in Polish, in English? Do I want to explore a different options? And I basically started looking for an option to be engaged in the different, uh, I would say, market segments. So I look around for the possibility to spin off from the customer support career to something different. And this is how I came across a localization company that was looking for somebody who would be supporting as an assistant, a project manager, 
but we also take care of their quality pipeline or with the language quality, let's say. So there was a lot of quality testing. To, that's how I started supporting the project manager. And soon after that, I, I got promoted to being one of the project managers. And also, Amazing. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward, I got my own team. So team of the UI testers. And that was a time when I started supporting open sport, source co conferences too. And I met people and the network of people who were very excited about being engaged in the community, in various community-run projects. And through that engagement, I attended one of the big uh, conferences here hosted in Brawl that is called DEFCON. And I met people who encouraged me to try to apply to one of their companies, namely Red Hat, to try working as a technical project manager. Because they thought that I would be a good fit and with my background, this should be possible. And oh boy, I had a, but I had a major imposter syndrome. I was like, they asked me to review the code. They will know that I'm not efficient in writing the code and they wouldn't want to collaborate with me, but this was nothing like that. I started in very, very welcoming environment with the team that was very open to experimenting with everything. And they did not question my capabilities, my seniority. They took me in as an equal person. And I wow. think that this, this empowered me mm. to really experiment as a technical project manager and an agile practitioner because the ideas were welcome and were always, you know, excited to work with each other. After that, I took a short break. I had maternity leave. And, you know, going back from the maternity leave, it wasn't the same to me. I was not able to be engaged with my work on the same level. I was even questioning myself, can I still do my job? How can I split my focus? What can I do? And then... That was a pivotal moment, talking about mentoring. I got the invitation to Slack uh, from one of my uh, former mentors, and that Slack was called Woman in Agile. Oh, okay. I, let's, put I, a, yeah. let's put a pin here. <laughs> I'm really interested in hearing, is there like some specific uh, cultural differences that you maybe struggled with or you found that they were amazing? I would say that the European Union as an organization is very supportive. And, you know, I was this generation that was able to go for Erasmus as exchange. And that kind of shaped me too, because I knew from very beginning that no matter where you are, there will be a network of people you can join and they will be supporting you. You just need to make a legwork to find that community. Mm. So for Erasmus, this is Erasmus student network and they organize events. But in the real adult life, you have a lot of these communities. And this is what I was always looking when I live abroad. What are the meetups, communities, conferences, other circles of people that I can join to learn from? So at the beginning for me in 2012, it was very hard to find a group of people I can hang out with because I didn't move here with the partner. I didn't know anybody when I moved to the Czech Republic. It was pure experiment. Hey, can I even have a job here and how would that work? It started with, from being curious. And but the first community that I uh, work with, it was a, a Toastmaster community. And that was English speaking public speeches club. And I went through the 
couple of money while there, I got my competent communicator bronze badge and I was happy because I found the people who had similar objectives. They wanted to improve how they come across during the public speaking sessions, but they also want to hang out, want to improve, want to share their experiences and that really aligned with me. But then there were many other meetings and <laughs> You know, and you find people and you build your network throughout that. So I was attending uh, English Knitting Club, German uh, Stammtisch Club, all all you can name. You know, it's just about going and exploring what is available in your environment. And I would say if you are not ready to move out from your original country just yet, but you would like to experiment how that feels, Find in the closest bigger city uh, expat community that is having a regular meetup and join this meetup. And the world of possibilities will open up. And one, one word of friendships and people who are there with the shared objective to learn more, you know? So yeah. this is that thing. Wow, I think that's, that's amazing. how it started. That's a fantastic tip. I think not just for those who moved, but also those that are local. But what would you say to people that say that they're maybe shy or they say that they're a little introverted or anyone who's struggling to kind of find their first meetup to, to go to what like they don't really they don't really attend any any events and, and they, they feel a little bit reserved and like, I don't know, afraid of failing in front of others or not being able to introduce yourself. I mean, there are so many things we could unpack in the, the whole book of uh, fears that we have. What would you say? Like, where should they? Like, where should they go? What should they find? And what could be like the first step, the first meetup or event that they could go to? You know, I noticed that for many people I talk with is like, well, I studied English, German, or this other language at the university. I somehow use it at work, but I don't feel comfortable with it. And I would say go. If the language is a challenge, uh, join uh, online sessions and be there just to hang out with people and see how can you engage. And you can always raise a hand and speak up. And once you find this event useful, you can actually go and try your chances uh, in real life. Mm. I uh, had to push myself strongly to attend Czech-speaking meetups because uh, Polish language and Czech are so close that there are multiple levels of the mistakes you can do and um, your brain defaults to your mother language when you are looking for the missing board and you want to express yourself. And I'm a high proactive person, so I try to get it out of my system quickly. And then you can only imagine how that <laughs> ends up. So one example of this false friends is ostatni. Word ostatni in Polish means a last one. In Czech, it means different one. So imagine that you're asking your friend to give you a last thing in the row as a favor, and they keep hearing you give me different options. I'm not happy. No, I want something different. Uh, but I actually wanted to define object, and I don't know what is the challenge on their end, right? And these are like a basic words. I am absolutely obsessed exploring different cultures, and especially us being from a sort of the same culture, we can say that. And, and and having moved around myself, I'm always interested in, in other stories. But back to your women in Agile community, how did you get into this uh, big community? I would say I wasn't thinking about this. Like this wasn't an option I was considering to do it. It happened, right? I got the invitation to Slack 
editors women in agile and i didn't even know what that is i was thinking well maybe it's a group of people i work with that happen to be female that self-organize themselves but it wasn't anything like that it's a group of I think over a thousand participants right now, and they share in the general channel opportunities, welcome each other, do a brief introduction, share invitation to the conferences, options for volunteering, request to feedback on their work, on different polling and surveys, and you can learn a lot because these are women and not only women coming from the different places in the world aligned over the topic of agility, but also a personal growth and development. And this is how I started getting up with the women in agile events. And they are events facilitated by women in agile or the events that are promoted through the channels of women in agile that are not directly coordinated by uh, this nonprofit organization. And for me, the start of this experience was the second. So I noticed there that um, people were looking for help uh, in facilitating women in agile, open technology, open space event that was running for two days over the weekend in 2021. And I got to meet amazing ladies, you know, April Jefferson was running this event and I noticed that she's not only powered by women in Agile, but she also contributed to Agile Alliance. And there were many more ladies and they inspired me, you know, because they were coming from the different companies, organization backgrounds, and they all wanted to get together to organize this open space session run on Zoom. So I was facilitating there one of the circles and it was called Spark Circle. And we were talking about everything that can spark, spark our creativity and help us on the daily basis. And the one thing that the women in Agile events uh, are usually rewarding the contributors. So if you are a speaker or facilitator, if uh, the event is a paid uh, adventure, if there is some kind of fee, you can expect that you're supporting the speaker and whatever profit is there, it will be equally shared between the contributors to the conference if there's anything left. And this is usually means a gift card or like an Amazon card, something small, but shows your gratitude for the time spent on the event. Mm. And, you know, and I got this 50 euros or something that time and I immediately bought myself the access to subscription to basically subscribe to support the Agile Alliance. Oh, wow. And then other, <laughs> other meetups, other meetups open up, you know, yeah. their game on sessions yeah. and open space session, the link coffee sessions. And this was all other, co another community that, you know, just opened my eyes to everything that is possible out there. It's like a domino effect almost like you reinvest what you, what you received. But you reinvest back to, to your own learning and community. This is, a, this is domino effect because uh, there are local events you can engage with. And I was thinking, okay, this was global. We had a pandemic. Let's do something local. What is happening here in Europe? And that's how I found that Women in Agile Europe. We ran the conference online last year in November for a whole day. And this year we are coming back with in-person event to bring everybody who is here in Europe back to together in in Eindhoven on 14th of November, 
but that was not the point of it. You know, I didn't want to organize the conference. I just want to meet the people and see what challenges are they struggling with, where are they coming from, how they are getting recognition in their workplaces, do they feel that they fit in or not. And, you know, while I was organizing this woman in Agile conference, I got notification that there is another uh, initiative also run by women in Agile community and supporters of that community, and that was Pro Kanban. So they were looking to qualify people for women in Kanban scholarship. Okay. And, and for those I... who don't know what Pro Kanban is, can you give us like a one sentence? What does Pro Kanban do? Pro Kanban is a community that stands behind the Kanban guide written by the folks online. You can Google it and it's uh, translated to many languages, but basically it's promoting a minimum viable Kanban version. So what do you need to do to apply Kanban, right? There where you are and you know, start practicing as a Kanban practitioner in whatever context you are right now. Mm, Stop mm. optimizing flow of value. Mm. And there was a request to write the essay qualifying you for the scholarship, why you are the right person. So I gave it a shot, you know. I was like, okay, let me see if I can get accepted here. This is yet another community. I want to see how they operate. And if they will accept me, I promise, I always promise to give it back, right? And this is how last spring I started attending Pro Kanban sessions with practicing and if he was hosting a professional Kanban class and, you know, and, and I become a professional Kanban trainer. So you see how that grows. You mm. cannot, you cannot give a person points, follow this path when you get there. You need to create your own path. But I would say that if you pay attention to what is happening around you, there will be always things you can try experiment with and that will move you forward. How do we get to see those clues? What do you do to make sure you, you see them, not ignore them? You need to make time to look, right? Um, <laughs> kind of have an idea what is that you like. But before you get there, you have to experiment with many things to figure out what is that uh, it's engaging for you and what is that you actually have time for daily basis, on the daily basis. Because, you know, full disclosure, I have a full-time job, right? I'm not only doing a conferences, meetups and mentoring meetups and mentoring sessions. Every day, all day. I have a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to some the company with the expectation of how it's going to be. Sometimes the reality is closer to your this expectation and sometimes it's totally different thing. And then you start questioning yourself. Am I good enough? Is this the right place for me? How can I grow? How can I get the support? Maybe I don't get the support from my manager. And this is when I would say stop. It's not only about the organization that you work directly, but you have this amazing communities around you. Tap into the community's wisdom and ground yourself and see how it goes for different people. Look where you can contribute. So that's how we started with the woman in Agile Mentoring Sessions. And this is another me, uh, program. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me one thing, because I mean, many, many of us, uh, many people will, after, after hearing you, be totally inspired. I know I will to reach out and, and spend more time, invest more time in, in those communities or different communities that suit, suit your interests and, and so on. But are there some kind of, especially in large corporations, are there some kind of communities that you would say that either 
exists within companies that we could leverage more and sort of become like like a safe playground for it? Or there are some communities that you would suggest that one can create within those organizations? Or do you think that it is actually better to be always outside the company, outside the organization that you work with? I think it depends on the size of the company, the goals, your personal goals, and everything else. And it sometimes is hard to create the synergies because these communities might not be alive or there might be not enough people who are interested, but I would say that you can spark this interest. So many big organizations, they have a communities of practice. You can kick out your own community, kick off your own community of practice, of course, read more about how to hold the efficient community of practice, but the most mm. important is that you basically go and try something different than you do on the daily basis. Mm. Mm. And I want to just add one more thing. This seems like a lot of things. And how do you manage that? You need to answer this yourself. What is my work in progress limit? And what is the amount of the additional activities I can actually manage? Because for some people that would mean I do book club once per month or I do the speaking uh, activity or I don't want to go out to people, but I find a community online, for example, the Agile Alliance, and I just join them on the monthly game on sessions, or maybe I volunteer as a mentor. Maybe I'm interested in being mentee. And there are multiple organizations that look for both right now. And one is Anita Borg Foundation. The second one is Women in Agile. This also depends on what is the objective? Mm. What is your goal? This is something you need to start with. How much yeah. time do I have at hand? Because people often don't think about this. They volunteer. They say it's exciting. I'm going to do this. And then life happens and it validates you. And you find out that you don't have a time. And then you have this negative feeling, oh, it didn't work out for me. Yeah. Or this is not good for me. But I would say try with the different uh, type uh, of activity and experiment. Mm. And then work in progress limit is a real thing, right? So no, I had... So many of these things I want to do, but I need to manage this with my family and with my real work, real work, right? So how, how do you be efficient? But these are the yeah. things that you basically, everybody needs to learn on their own. Yeah. You seem to be navigating a lot of, like juggling a lot of these different communities more than an average person, I would say. Like people that I, that I talk to or even myself, you know, like having a lot going on can be overwhelming and sometimes maybe uh, lead to a burnout. So like that's perhaps something that, that, that's, that that's like worth mentioning, like focus on what you can, on your own goals, like you say, and focus definitely on what you can do, but not to overwhelm yourself. Uh, so. Let's unwrap how we met ourselves, right? How did we meet? Some time ago, over yeah. a nice conference, where you were actually a volunteer. And yes, I, I was, was the speaker, yes. which is uh, hilarious. Yeah. And I loved it. And that was my main objective, to go to the uh, conference. But at the time in my life, I was at, at that point. I used all of my training and development budget for a different thing. But I still wanted to go to the conference. And what do I do if I don't have a budget? I can help out the community and all of the conference organizers that I know, and there are many conferences, they are always looking for the support of the local community or volunteers to some extent. And this is how I reached out to Justina. And she said, sure, Dominica, please write the marketing content for us on LinkedIn. And if you have a time, please join us on site. And that's how we met. Yeah. But then 
year passed and you said I was reaching out last year. Are you able to do this again? And I said, actually, I would love to. But I did a quick reality check. I had too many things going on. I was not ready to go to Krakow in person this year, right? So, yeah. And I mean, we, we both can thank you, Suna Pindel, for a lot of yes. things. And she yes. invited me to be the speaker and motivated me to actually do it. So that's like a shout out there. But um, see, that's a community mm, and it already starts there. And the domino effect okay. follows, right? You're mentoring people, you've mentored people in the past. Can we start from the point of the mentee, which is, let's just imagine that I'm looking for a mentor and my role at this point doesn't matter. Like who am I in or any organization? It really doesn't matter. But I am a, uh, I'm looking for a mentor. I've heard that it's really good to have a mentor. and. Um, and I want like a real person, not like a, you know, influencer out there <laughs> that I can just like see online and watch YouTube about and get impressed by. But I literally want someone uh, to guide me. How do I find one? What do I do? It would depend on what is your goal with the mentoring, right? There could be a different uh, cases. If this is a career growth or development, mm -hmm. LinkedIn will be probably your first choice. Okay, let's just like... Uh, yeah. For the purpose of this exercise, let's just say it's a it's a career growth. So let's say I want to grow as an agile practitioner, and then I would really recommend uh, you to keep an eye for a sign up for Women in Agile Mentoring program that starts in January 2024, and you can just follow them on LinkedIn and see when the opening starts and just sign up. Mm -hmm. But you start there with the explaining what is that you need from this. A mentorship. What is the challenge you're having? The challenge could be, I'm a project manager and I don't want to be a project manager. I want to try my chances in being a scrum master or I want to pivot from being scrum master to the agile coach. Or I actually don't want to be agile coach. I want to be a product owner. I want to go into the pro uh, product management. Or um, in the community that I currently operate, at, I don't know how to fit in with this role as a woman because I'm only one. How do I progress? Where is my supportive network? And these are the options you can have. And when you start, I will always, I said, I know it's easier said than done, but start with the goal in mind. What is that you want from this? And then the mentoring experience will validate that because sometimes this doesn't go that direction doesn't go to, go to the direction of the original goal, goal that you started with because you keep iterating and you might uncover actually different things. And this is that exciting part. And I'll tell you that from observation of people being new to men, being mentor or mentee, sometimes this is challenging because we had this mentoring agreement, that person wanted a specific thing, and now that person doesn't show up, that person got busy with their life, they are unhappy. But then it's a moment to revise this. Why is this not working? Did we really want it what we wanted? We said we wanted at the beginning. And this is actually the start of something amazing because you start learning from each other and can find a joint solutions together. Mm. So, so if I want to, so this is in case I want to like transition into another career and especially in an agile world. <laughs> Would it be the same if I'm looking for a mentor within my organization? Of course, start with the goal in mind, as you say, but how would I then try to find a mentor? What if there is no mentorship program? How do I get a mentor? Are there people out there 
literally interested to be mentors. Or if I reach out to someone that I admire, they're going to be like, who are you? I'm not replying. Find your people, people in your organization, I would say. And by people, people, I mean HR organization, right? So human resources. And they have a shared objective with you. They want to make sure that the talent growth is supported and retained. And that's also obviously one of the needs for a mentoring. And if you don't know how to start, the basic way to do that is a speed mentoring session. You need to have a team once again, because we cannot keep mentoring each other about everything. Some framework, right? So if you don't know what will be the right team, you can just select a group of people who will be potentially interested and agree on the team survey or team options and see what the majority wants. And as I said, your people, people can help you with that. And then I run a session related to this topic. You got to organize mentors, obviously. So... Having experience done this, uh, doing this in Oracle, we had five mentors who were above the director level, and they were basically getting together to show what was their path of getting that position and their tips for being resilient when growing their own career path, and also the sacrifices they need to make to get there. Many people say, Hey, I want to be this great thing. I want to be this designer for Disney, for example, or I want to be a director of the big company, but it doesn't see a whole history. How did that person get there? And by talking to these people, you can learn this was all, not always so easy. You know, this was multiple steps, journey. And then while you listen to that, you learn that through this process of experimenting and taking small steps, you can get there where you wanted originally, or you can end up in totally great environment that you couldn't even imagine when you started, you know? So then you basically go in the rounds between the group of mentors you identified and don't take long, 20 minutes is enough. And all of that is a time investment, I would say of 90 minutes. You do the wrap up and you ask people, how was it? And I think this is a good start for something. I always say, but I start small and it doesn't work. Look for something else and, and don't get discouraged. I personally think that the worst thing you can do is like try thing one, uh, one time and say, hey, I don't like it. That wasn't good. But this is like, you will get the bread from the very awful bakery and, oh, I don't like bread after that. And I can imagine that because I'm a bread addict and I know that there are these amazing options out there and just, you need to find them. My God. It's like me. I go around different parts of the world. And I remember when I moved to England first, I was like, why is there no bakeries? What's wrong yes. here? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to bake my own bread, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So don't get this this uh, discouraged. And one thing you mentioned also before the the feeling like an imposter, right? Yeah. How do you fight that? Like imposter syndrome is such a hot topic. What What's your view on the imposter syndrome? I think that you know it all comes down to what does it mean imposter for me? Sometimes I'm asking people this question and they tell me. Well, am I competent enough? I'm trying to answer to myself if I'm competent enough. And I mean, like, competent in what? You need to answer this to yourself. Because you were training and learning towards a specific direction. And are you there? And if you are not there, the question is, for example, when you are attending conferences as a speaker, is my talk 
on the level I wanted to be to show up in front of the audience. And, you know, speaking directly from my personal experience, did I procrastinate uh, uh, too much when preparing this talk? Did I assume that I can deliver what is in my head to the audience in the format that will be appealing to them? Or should I have actually tested that by recording myself and presenting several times before? So these are the things, answering the question. You need to define what is that, again, the area that makes you competent in. Because obviously, but uh, you are not trained as a doctor, so you are not co competent in this area. But then you have to evaluate what does it mean to be competent in your area. Because sometimes we are doing, we are doing great. But because we are doing great and come across as person that has everything put together, we don't get this positive feedback saying, hey, you're actually doing great. I really like how you facilitate the session. I really like the way you come across, you treat me, you do this and that. We don't tend to give this positive feedback to people usually. When they are great, we usually admire them, look, uh, look up to them, but we never say, I really like that, you know, that was a great session. Or, and then, you know, I would say that this is needed on all of the levels of career, like this positive reinforcement. Oh, drop the mic. And then at the end of the day, <laughs> beg your own bread, right? <laughs> Bake your own bread <laughs> or go around different countries and taste, do the tasting <laughs> Yes, <laughs> or different bakeries in different parts. Yeah. Amazing. This has been a, a blast. I have learned so much from you. Is there something that I didn't ask you that you wish I did? And I if think you... this, is, this is it, Bata. There's this saying that you should validate with yourself. What would you do if you wouldn't be afraid? But I will rephrase this. Why are you afraid and or what you are afraid of? And usually people don't have a good answer to that, you know? I will, of course, share everything you mentioned in the notes, all the, all the, all the recommendations and communities and networks and, and, and people that you mentioned. And I would love to, I would like to thank you. This was amazing. And don't forget to talk to your rubber duck or to the duck on your, on your mug. <laughs> thank day. you, Bata. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Dominika. And if you want to connect with her, feel free to find her on LinkedIn and go from there. And do join Women in Agile Community and Women in Agile Conference on the 14th of November in Eindhoven. It's going to be amazing. And I hope to see you there because I'll be there. Dominika will be there and, and many, many other amazing women and men. Uh, like I always say, these communities are not only for women. All genders are welcome. So I hope to see you there. And until next week, I wish you a great, great week ahead. Bye-bye.